0: So, um, as a reminder, the verse that we're talking about is 1 Corinthians 16, 13. And the first week we met together, we talked about, be on your guard. First phrase in the verse, be on your guard. And we talked about, above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of your life. Second phrase, stand firm in the faith. And we talked about how there are so many things going on in the world and life and economy and everything else around us right now that is very unfirm. (laughs) Infirm, I guess, is the the proper term. There is so so much around us that is unstable. What do we have to stand on, stand firm in the faith? And we talked about a psalm that says some trust in chariots and some trust in horses but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God that's what you stand on who God is then last week we talked about be men of courage and I went deeper into what I mentioned here just a few minutes ago about how courage is not the absence of fear courage is the willingness to engage fear to walk into fear Uh, That's really courage. And so tonight we'll talk about the last phrase in verse 13. And it's just, be strong. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, and be strong. And so I'll cut right to the chase on this one. Uh, My main point on this can be summarized in two sentences. Every one of us can be strong, even when we aren't. Every one of us can be strong, even when we aren't. That's the first sentence. And the second is, every one of us is strong, especially when we know we aren't. So I'll repeat those. But that's, that's kind of the bottom line for a conversation. Every one of us can be strong, even when we aren't. I want to assure us of that. But to go even further, every one of us actually is strong, especially when we know we aren't. How does that work? Well, it takes two steps. Acknowledge our weakness. Rely on God's strength. Acknowledge the fact, man, Lord, I just feel so weak and then rely on God's strength. Rely on God's strength. That's how we are strongest when we admit the fact that we're not strong. And we know it. And we come to the Lord in our weakness. So we are uh, fortunate, those of us living here in Colorado Springs, to enjoy having the Air Force Academy as a neighbor. I used to live in the Peregrine neighborhood, which is on the west side of town, just south of the Academy, and uh, all the time you could see the, the, the uh, tow planes taking off and pulling a glider behind them and circling and going higher and higher and higher, and then they would go along and all of a sudden you could hear it happen. They'd kind of cut the engine, or they'd drop the cable and they'd make a sharp cut, and then the glider would just be aloft. We've probably all seen it. You know, the yellow tow plane and the white gliders. Um, And living there right in that neighborhood, you know, I would see it all the time. Just watching that glider, through no apparent strength of its own. No engine, no propeller, no jet, no hamster in a wheel connected to rubber bands. (laughs) Up there aloft for hours... That's kind of what I'm using as a picture for us here tonight. That's what it looks like to be able to actually be strong, to have strength when we are weak. There is nothing. So, we might wonder when the Lord says here, Be strong. Then what do we, uh, how do we do that? And, and this charge, this part of this verse, to me is like any of the other parts of the verse that we've already talked about. The other three urge us. Come on and join us, Mark. The other three urge us to call forth something that's on the inside. Be on your guard. So be vigilant. We're talking about 1 Corinthians 16
1: 13.
0: Stand firm in the faith be resolute be courageous engage fear all of those are talking our charges to each one of us do something or be something that's inside of you be vigilant be resolute be courageous call it forth this one is different it's a challenge to us to face our limitations and understand what happens when we do Like you, other men of God have felt in need of strength from another source beyond themselves. We referred um, before, just last week, and then again earlier tonight to Joshua chapter 1. Be strong and courageous. The Lord will be with you wherever you go. And so we may feel like Joshua today, not the strong and courageous Joshua, but the uncertain and fearful Joshua. The one who isn't so sure he can pull this thing off. Or he stands on the edge of the promised land. And he sees the giants. Just like the others did. We might be like that. And in fact, last week we talked about ways in which we absolutely do. I want to encourage us that men throughout scripture have felt this way. Even Paul. In 2 Corinthians 12... Paul's boasting about God's sufficiency. He's enjoying praising God. He's not boasting in himself except to say that he'll boast in his own weakness. But to keep him from becoming conceited, God's given him what he calls a thorn in the flesh, right? And he has pleaded with the Lord to remove it. It's some kind of a a wound, an infirmity, a vulnerability, a weakness, don't know exactly what it is, but it's some kind of infirmity that Paul's very aware of and that he lives with, and it is not going away.
1: Just a little quick introduction there. Yeah. Um, it's. it's <laughs> I haven't been here for several weeks. Um, uh, been deeply depressed. actually let that take me out of the picture for a while. I came in late tonight, but uh, it's a victory. Good. Because, uh, a Just saying you're here. Shut down for a while, but. Hmm. Um, this scripture right here is the, uh, the first one I memorized, Second uh, Corinthians 12, and 10. And um, first one upon my heart, and the uh, um, first one the Lord gave to me.
0: Ever? Or mm-hmm. today? Right. Ever. Wow. That's cool. So that's that wonderful, because that's where we're that, um, going.
1: I'm here, and the, one of the first things I hear is that's that exactly
0: that where I, we're going. We're going to yeah. verses 9 and 10. Thanks for mentioning that, Mark. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Because my power, he didn't say because, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Here he's said it so concisely in two verses. The irony of how we are called to be strong, but the the fact is when we are strongest when we admit the fact, God, Lord, I'm weak, I'm at the end of my rope, I cannot pull this off, I need you. That's when we are strong. So what does it mean to come to the end of ourselves? It means we confess limits to our insights, we admit to confusion, we embrace, or as Paul did even boast, even boast about our weakness, that's not a typical American guy posture, and we quit fighting. My wife grew up in Austin, Texas, any of you guys ever been to Austin? It's a nice town, great town. You ever hear of a place called uh, Barton Springs? So it's a natural um, spring that that flows through this park that they've set up in Austin. um, Ice-cold spring. And it really flows strongly and heavily. And they have built uh, concrete walls around it. And then a dam at the other end of kind of this valley and made, essentially, a big lake, or a, and a small lake, a big swimming pool out of it. Ice cold. I mean, really cold water. But it's a favorite place for anybody who grows up in 110 and 115 degree heat in Texas to go for the summer. In fact, uh, uh, supposedly Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid, kid went swimming there. So one day when she was a young girl, my wife, Burl, um, decided to go swimming. She walked down. She lived just a block or two from Barton Springs. Came down there, and the water was uh, rushing heavily for some reason. I don't know why. And basically, they had closed the place down. It was too dangerous. Well, she being the obedient kind of girl that she was, uh, she ignored that and decided to to jump in and uh, started swimming. And the, the current started rushing her downstream and threw her over the dam. This huge uh, waterfall going over the dam. Usually it's kind of a trickle. It's not heavy at all. Just threw her over the dam. And she's alone or maybe just with a couple of friends. There's no lifeguards. Anybody like that around. She's under the water churning, getting thrown around like in a washing machine up and down and thrown all over the place. And she's running out of breath. Thank you, Maddie. And um, she's desperately fighting to get back to the surface. And she's flailing around, and finally she felt this chain. And the chain, she could tell, was attached to something, and so she started pulling her way up the chain, only to find that it was attached to the dam wall itself, and she had pulled herself further into the waterfall. And now she's in way, way worse shape. Uh, Ran out of breath, got exhausted, came to the end of her rope, quite literally. Came to the end of her rope and just gave up. And she believed this was it. When she quit fighting and pulling on the rope, on the chain, suddenly the current threw her sideways out of the waterfall and directly over to the bank of the, the flow and she, no surprise, she survived. She became my wife eventually. But the, the picture is how we fight and fight and fight and fight in the midst of the waterfall. Sometimes we jump in and we really shouldn't have jumped into whatever the mess is that we got into. We have to say that. But other times the current of life takes us stuff beyond our control. Whoops, that's a mm, Plugs in somewhere. That's, that's ear and microphone. Probably Mike. Oh, it would be Mike, yeah. I was thinking it was power. Um, sometimes the flow of life just grabs us, doesn't it, you guys? And we've talked about that. The bills you're not sure you're going to pay. The debilitating illness that you or your wife experienced. The 401K that got completely gone in the last few years. The job you were counting on that fell apart. Or you were betrayed and abandoned over and over again we, we could just tell so many stories we get caught under the waterfall and again, sort of like trusting in chariots and horses we trust in our horsepower we trust in our ability to clamber out of that thing and fight and fight and kick and scream and figure out this thing and sometimes we end up even worse we're deeper in the current and this verse is saying being strong Paul is saying in second Corinthians being strong is actually coming to the end of yourself and releasing trusting God that he is he is the one who is in control God says Mark my grace is sufficient for you And Garrett my power is made perfect In your weakness. Earl, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And like Paul then, we can respond, Oh, well then I'll brag even more in my weakness. I'll delight in my shortcomings. Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And so it probably needs to be said, Paul's not just giving us permission to walk through life and just bail on everything, give up on everything, and just sit passively and expect that God's going to win all the battles for us. We show up. We do take action. We do uh, act on behalf of our, our convictions. We do step into the unknown. We move into the darkness, the uncertainty, the confusion, the darkness of what you've been through. Thank God you've walked out of it.
1: Not completely. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's pulling me out of it. Um, little by little, you know, the um, funny thing is is that the you know, Lord, Lord has never... I hear, I hear from him clearly at times, and today is one of those times, and he... Um, Where I've seen failures or I've seen um, shortcomings or any of that. Mm -hmm. He doesn't see that. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, He's
1: responded to me, "Um, I'm proud of you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I love you. And and you haven't failed me because 'cause your heart.
0: Mm -hmm. You're my son.
1: And I actually, if I I could just for one second, because I actually pulled this out. And this, this helped me.
0: Sure, go ahead. Some of it.
1: um, it's from Chuck's, Chuck Swindoll. And it's um, the heart for the task. This is the second 2 Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth as many strongly support those whose heart is completely his. And the comment here is, God's choices often seem so logical from our point of view. So we tell ourselves it can't be what he really means. Uh, would you have singled out a sun-withered 80-year-old shepherd to face down one of the mightiest kings in the world? Moses had been out the pasture for 40 years. He had completely lost touch with his people. He had been, ra- uh, he had been uh, raising a little family living with and working for his father-in-law. For four decades, the man couldn't scrape together enough shekels to build a little place of his own. Admit it, doesn't it seem like a highly unlikely prospect for the job of delivering an entire people from the clutches of the mighty nations. God's eyes roam across the planet to find specific individuals whose hearts are just right for a particular task. He has them and when he finds them, watch out. He plunges them into a stream of action, holding them with his mighty hand. Mm. Good. Mm. And it's true, it's you know I think oftentimes we're our own worst enemies. It's yes. hard on ourselves and he doesn't see that.
0: And we, we are prone to agreeing with the lies of the enemy, too, aren't we? we? We tend to agree with those. Well, there's another passage I want to remind us of, and it's a good one for this one, about remembering how we can be strong, strong when we actually feel weak. And it's Isaiah 40, 28-31. Pretty familiar passage probably for almost all of us. Let me read it. it this is from the Message Version. Isaiah forty, twenty eight to thirty one. Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine, or Israel, saying, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God does not come and go, God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He does not get tired. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. And he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who do get tired. He gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folks in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings. They soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. So let me review that. God does not come and go. God lasts. I think that's a great sentence. His version, his translation of that. God lasts. Like very few things we rely on these days, guys, God lasts. Not only does he remain present, he doesn't get tired. He doesn't take a breath to, to, or take a break to catch his breath. Not only is he paying attention, he knows and understands everything. He created the world, he has seen the fallenness, he created our hearts, and he understands the deep disappointment, the discouragement the struggles that we live with. Because as I've said before in previous sessions, our hearts were not designed for the broken world we ended up with. Our hearts were designed for the garden. That's what God made our hearts for. And what we got is brokenness. And so that gap between what we were designed to long for and what He gladly gave us, and this, on the other hand what through Adam and Eve we chose that gap that's the misery that we live with in these trials and struggles and difficulties it's not what we were designed for God knows that he knows that and for those of us who do get tired and we all do he brings renewed strength Even young people get tired. Even those in their prime stumble and fall. Not to mention those of us who are geezers and can barely take a step without pain. Those who wait on the the Lord, those who are patient, who don't panic, they get fresh legs. They spread their wings like eagles, or like the gliders, right over the front range here. That ride an effortless current. They soar. They make headway. They run and pick up speed and somehow don't get tired. They walk, and even though they may be filled with an awareness of their weakness, they don't fall behind. In fact, it's precisely because they recognize the weakness that they are strengthened. And so, men, I'll just say it again in summary. Every one of us can be strong as that verse, 1 Corinthians 16:13, charges us to. Every one of us can be strong, even when we aren't. By doing two things. We acknowledge our weakness. And secondly, we rely on God's strength. What would you like to add to that? Any comments or thoughts that have come to mind as we've
1: talked about this?